Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin and Thomas Henderson. And we are uh, the final night of the draft. It's finally over, and we're just kind of digesting things here. So, um, day three, the Mets drafted... uh, Picks 11 through 20. Um, overall, you know, just what did you guys think of, you know, their strategies, what they did today? I mean, it's kind of hard to, I guess, have a strategy. <laughs> um, more they so, sure I guess. Due to strategy? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I mean, they picked one guy to make up for all those uh, short dudes, raise the average a little bit. Um. I mean, are you? Did you dig the 11 through 20 picks? Is it just very meh? What are your like initial thoughts? There's two guys who don't really. Well, not two guys for this. There's two guys in the entire draft, I would say, but who aren't very model heavy, I think. But the rest of them seem to be. Uh, They seem to take a lot of guys who like had interesting data or like high school kids with advanced approaches or. Uh, like a lot of the later picks, like the middle of this day, were like 
relievers who throw in the mid to high 90s and have a slider instead of like the low ceiling starters they used to take you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like those guys have more of a chance to make it basically like well one of their late picks i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit like connor brandon was not good at toledo but he throws 96 and has a slider so you take that guy in round 16 because that is a higher chance of being good than you're good but like you're good performer but not good stuff starter at lsu or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's just it seems to be a shift in how they're drafting and that's because there's a new front office and billy epler's here and sandy's not really doing anything i don't think like the way it seems right now so thank god yes, yeah like no kidding this was Ken, not really a mets draft so like that's how you know i think Ken's long think. time feud with sandy alderson perhaps <laughs> coming to an end Enemy of the pod. We'll have to uh, we'll have to create an omnibus episode. Ken versus Sandy. Oh no. <laughs> uh, like that's just how it feels. Like I obviously don't know anything in that no, regard. I but. agree. Yeah, I no, agree no. Too. I was actually thinking. I I wonder if that is a genuine kind of paradigm shift here, or is it just kind of our perceptions and we just have more reporting and more access to these kinds of statistical things that are now public that you know we're aware of i suppose let's say the random 17th round pick in 2017 i don't even know who that is off the top of my head but you know maybe that guy did have interesting statistics uh, that's fair analytical yeah. things and it just wasn't something that we knew about but that's definitely a good point it is definitely, but what you're saying is very true, is that we, we are now able to see, you know, we, we can peek behind the curtain a little bit and see what they're going for, as opposed to maybe in the past where either A, we couldn't see that, or B, they weren't just going for anything. They were just going yeah. willy-nilly fix. Or it was very, like, scout-based, like, very, like, I saw him pitch and he looked good. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, you yeah. need, like, I'm not saying you don't need. I think you definitely do need to to do that in baseball. But um, in any sport, but baseball, I don't want to say specifically, but baseball is not um, you need to see players like you can't just completely go off their data. But also the data matters like mm-hmm. both things. You need to marry both. And I think the Mets are heading in that direction. And that'd be nice to see if they keep doing that. Perhaps the they... most important thing. And we'll get to the actual person. They took something of a backup pick. Yes. Yes. I think he's up here a backup pick, but yeah. Praise be to Jesus. Crazy, huh? Teams do that. All right, so let's get up the list here. And I just checked the uh, in 2018, the 17th round pick was Alan Winans, who just got released. Well, <laughs> so yeah, that is a good point. That is a very good. Um, that's a very good example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yes. All right. So with the first pick that they made today, which is the 11th round, 329th overall, they selected uh, outfielder from USC, Rylan Thomas. It's like the one pick I don't like. Yeah. Okay. Over under how many home runs did he hit in college? Five. I know the number, so I won't answer. I'm under. He's a junior. He's an alpha. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with under. He hit four. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like. I mean, 
kind of a I, leading question because you wouldn't say that if he obviously was a good home. Imagine player, I was like, so. yes, he hit 300 in four years. No, um. <laughs> I want, I want, mom, can we get Stephen Kwan? We yeah. have Stephen Kwan at home. This feels like a we saw him and he performed well pick, but I mean that's whatever. And and if you do that on th- on day three, I care a hell of a lot less than if you do it on day one or two, which was they yep. used to do. So was it Brian Ryland Thomas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baseball reference. Da, 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 da. I think he's a good center fielder though, which is nice. Steven oh, that's good. Kwan. Where are his college stats? There we go. Baseball reference is killing me here. Oregon State, Stephen Kwan. Uh, struck out 18 times and walked 50 times his last year at Oregon State. Yeah, Rylan Thompson did not do that, so no one make that comp, please. Mm. Um, Rylan Thompson did walk more than he struck out, but it was 19 to 17, not 50 to 18. So <laughs> Yeah, that's... Yeah, he breaks. has basketball skills a little bit, but yeah. there's literally no... Pop, pop there at all because that's four home runs with a metal bat like there's there's a reason there's only like one steven Kwanish player right now and it's because you need like 80 grade bat to ball and a super advanced approach to do anything with that little yeah like luis arias is a is an anomaly now yeah but still like yeah All right, um, 12th round, which is the 359th pick overall. They drafted a right-handed pitcher, a senior from LSU. Here's the LSU <laughs> signing. Um, Paul Gervais. He's a little interesting, though. He's At least for his story. Ten. Yes, he is 6'10". I mean, what's not to like? And whatever, like, whoever the, the final guy in the draft room who was obsessed with tall pitchers. He um, still lives. This, this, this one's for you, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he went to like three different schools or something like that. Like he was a D3 walk on and then went to community college in two different places and ended up at LSU. So that's pretty cool. You got to admire the drive. All right. Next up is their 13th round pick. Um, which was 389th overall. He is a right-handed pitcher from University of Georgia, Dylan Ross. This is the uh, injured guy, right? Yes. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Season-ending injury in March. Was it TJ? He did, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, like, that's the type of stuff they should be doing here, I think. Like, if they, I do not want them gamble. I don't want want to gamble on their ability to rehab a Tommy John at fourteen. I am okay rehab <laughs> gambling on their ability to rehab a Tommy John in the. It'd be better if this was the fourteenth, but it's the thirteenth. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, that's an unlucky number too. Do you, uh, you never want to draft Tommy John at thirteen? At this point, swing for the fences in the draft. So. Like yeah, and he has like some pretty interesting stuff. Like, and he showed it at Georgia. It was just well, yeah, Tommy John last year. So yeah, that's why you're taking him here, and um, you're just hoping that this is a next year thing. Like um, mm-hmm. but yeah, nice to get another arm in the system that has some stuff to it. 
right, now next at 14, the 419th pick overall, a right-handed pitcher from McNeese State, which is in Louisiana, Cameron Foster. And he's a super senior, five-year senior. Kind of on the same plan I was on. I have no feelings on this pick. Yeah. He is a reliever. College relievers, yeah! I mean, look, you need arms to staff random pitching staffs in the minors. Some scout saw him, liked him, thrown bone. He performed well, so, like, that's about all you could ask for from the college Mm -hmm. reliever, you know? Uh, It doesn't really mean anything for his professional career, but... As we've said, I think, and and or implied at this point, drafting this in the top 10 rounds, you're doing it wrong. You're drafting it in round 15, I I don't care. These are are the players that are available at 419th. Yeah, unless you're, like, going crazy and drafting every prep guy and just blowing up your drafts like your cough cough the Mets should do that the Mets should do that yes but they didn't so here we are but um well I mean one guy coming up to now in the 15th round that you know they could throw a little money to hopefully that would be cool um 449th pick overall is a third baseman um from Clackamas High School in Oregon He's a third base. I just said that he's a third baseman. Uh, Jackson Jeha, who is the son of uh, John Jeha, who was a major leaguer in like the 90s and early 2000s. Shit, someone from the Blue Jays has infiltrated the front office. <laughs> Red alert. You could just trade him for a non-legacy Blue Jay in two years. It's fine. The Blue Jays are sitting here during this draft, which had like, I don't know, seven notable second generation players and just dying at the fact they can't take all of them. And they and they're good, like one and two overall. Oh, Jackson Holiday. (laughs) Are there any legacy uh, like first baseman or second baseman? I mean, imagine Vlad Jr., Jackson Holiday. Conine is the second baseman. Yeah. No, Conine's Cron- an outfield, a bad outfielder. I mean, Biggio, I Biggio, yeah, yeah, Biggio. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Bobichet. I mean, they have three third, three quarters of an infield already. <laughs> um, and Jaha plays third, so. Yep, take Jaha. Put or yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a uh, another advanced high school. It's like every high school guy they took is similar. <laughs> like contact, like they make pretty good contact and have advanced. Uh, approaches at the plate. It's like they have a new thing that they want to look for, which I'm not complaining about. But mm-hmm. hey. he is over the six foot mark, though, so he doesn't really fit well. All right, now 16th round, 479th overall, a right-handed pitcher, senior from Duke, Jimmy Looper. And the best thing I could say about him is he's not Braden Looper. <laughs> My significant other went to UNC. I am therefore obligated to hate this pick because he's a dookie. And I will say nothing more on the matter. All right. Well, very strong words. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next up, round 17, 509th overall. 
right-handed pitcher, junior from Toledo, uh, Connor Brandon. This is like a pure, he didn't perform in college or I think he was in the draft league too and got lit up, but like he throws 90s from a weird angle, like high, mid to high 90s from a weird angle and has a slider. So that's why you draft him. Mm-hmm. Especially at 509. Um, 18th round now, the 539th overall pick. Another right-handed pitcher. Um, this guy from St. Mary's College in California, Chris Santiago. Two-way guy. Technically, the tallest hitter they drafted at six foot two. <laughs> wow, that is. Let's see. He was. Huh. I'm. I'm. That's crazy. This yeah, gets. This gets into kind of the point I made about cut picks, where I feel like if I want to be. You need to go to – I'm, like, really stumbling over the words here because it's 10.30 and yeah, I, I was in lab at 8 a.m. this morning and I'm just totally fucking fried. When you're taking – picking in a low-value slot or you're trying to, like, swing for upside, I think you're better off going to areas of low information. So that's smaller schools, injured guys, or guys who are – like this don't you don't just don't have a huge tracker track record on right that's where you find because you can sign a bunch of sec relievers for this amount of money but everyone knows what those sec relievers are you're never going to get a big steal there or almost certainly not you can get a big steal by going grabbing a two-way guy from saint mary's college and saying we're going to make him a full-time pitcher right like that's the the flame out potential like it doesn't matter if he flames out the shitty sec reliever you're going to draft anyway doesn't matter either right but the potential swing is is much bigger so i i like this again from a process standpoint knowing nothing about what he actually looks like on the mound hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, next up at round 19, which is 569th overall, is a high school shortstop from Blue Valley West High School in Kansas, Jackson yeah, Jackson Lovick. He's a, another high, uh, high upside dude that was drafted as a uh, preventative measure in case something terribly, terribly goes wrong at the beginning. If they pulled this off, 
I think it would make the draft an A plus, honestly. Yeah, he's he's pretty exciting. I think he's going to school, but yeah, I I don't think they can. But if they could manage it, like this is that'd be a coup. Mm -hmm. Didn't we say something? And and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, my memory is a sieve for anything important. Um, Wasn't this what happened with Macintosh when they took him, and we presumed it was a like they couldn't sign him, and then they somehow did anyway? Maybe it was. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were signing him. Yeah. I, so I never say about. never. Oh, of course not. And like he's going to Missouri. He's not going to Vanderbilt. You right. know, like right. like you could buy out Missouri. It's not like it's not a small school, but it's not a huge baseball school either. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. still, I think with how their draft ended up, I'd be a little surprised. But also, you never know. Like you said, it's possible. And he's someone who I think would have gone higher, significantly higher, if there was signability with him for someone else but yeah who I knows mean, to use the um well i don't even know what i was about to say uh to to use the macintosh comparison i, I remember yeah I mean, macintosh was a projectable guy you know where it's like okay there's there's a lot of traits that we like and he has the vanderville commitment obviously which is kind of intimidating when you see it but i mean lovick is legit i mean he was the the gatorade player of the year in kansas he is a legit very good player uh i don't want to say heads and you know heads and shoulders above but there is a talent gap definitely that would make him signing a bit more difficult All right, and last up, 20th round, 599th pick overall, a left-handed pitcher. Um, the only left, oh no, yeah, the only left-handed pitcher in this entire draft. Really? I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. That's kind of crazy. Yep, the only one. Um, out of Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Eli and Kenny. Sure. <laughs> sure, exactly. It's the 20th round, and he's a arm. I did not know Grand Canyon University, which is a, according to Wikipedia, a private for-profit Christian university in Phoenix, had a baseball team. I'm just, nice. uh, I wish you hadn't told, I don't care that you said it was in Phoenix. I'm imagining a school at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, <laughs> in the bottom, sitting there. Hard to hit home runs. I don't know. I've, so I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like at the bottom of it. If you're playing on top of the Grand Canyon, an easy place to hit home runs. But maybe the air is not as conducive to that once you're down at the river level. I don't know what I'm talking about. We can now I, I debate the atmospheric. Out of the canyon. Right, yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm the walls <laughs> of the park are the canyon. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You have to hit it to like, the tourist lookout. Oh, boy. <laughs> What kind of exit velo and launch uh, angle would you Just need for that? Just all of it. All of the exit velo. <laughs> so the Eric Campbell would not be a good depth. hitter. The Grand Canyon's max depth is 6,000 feet, but that's probably not the median depth. Point is, that's a big fucking wall. No one's getting <laughs> <laughs> A lot of extra base hits off the wall. That's true, yeah. 
apparently Tim Salmon went to Grand Canyon University. Huh. Well, good for him. I had a nickel for every great hitter on the Angels that didn't find uh, playoff success named after a fish, I'd have two nickels. <laughs> it's not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. You could get two Bazooka Joes. Ugh. Are they even five cents anymore? I don't even know. I would be shocked. They were never worth five cents in the first place. <laughs> Bubblegum is trash. Fight me. Uh, I don't disagree. But you know what? When you're like nine years old and you have like no income, but you just kind of find 35 cents or whatever, you know, then it's a good investment. Uh huh. Um, all right. So, I mean, yeah, that is the draft in a that's that's round that's day three in a nutshell. And the draft is over. Um, obviously, we need more time to digest and to look into all these players and, you know, for some, obviously to, you know, get some more clarification about guys that might sign guys that might not sign. Yeah. Like, like Nick Morbido, for example, we've kind of, kind of come to learn that he really, even though he's a high school um, senior and, and does have a college commitment to Virginia Tech, he basically has already said that he's not going to college. He's going to go pro. So, I mean. And uh, Gervais tweeted, like, uh, thank, thank you, LSU, or some shit like that. And one of the other guys did, too. So you could kind of infer that they're signing. But yeah, obviously, yeah. we don't know until. I don't even know when the deadline is. I forgot, to be honest with you. But um, August 1st, I'm assuming. That early? That's what I'm saying. That's quick. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that is right. It's July 19th already. <laughs> you have to worry about the deadline and also sign 20 uh, <laughs> uh, draftees like Jesus. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously very model-heavy. Like, three-fourths of the picks, I was like, oh, yes, this is like a thing you put into a, a algorithm and it spits out draft this guy. And that's fine. I'm not mm-hmm. going to complain about that because – the two draft the, the the two picks where they clearly didn't are the USC guys and someone must have saw it went to a USC game where they went four for four. They, they've <laughs> historically had a, uh, a very strong scouting presence in uh, Southern California. Mm. Yeah, Lucas Duda hours and yeah, didn't Duda, Mike Davis Dom. too was in California? No, yes, he, he, he played at Arizona. State. Arizona, yeah. But that's but, still um, on the same. But he's from California, was it? What, didn't yeah, he grow he's, up in California? He's, I'm sure. Um, I think he was uh, like a prep California uh, guy, yeah. player, yeah. In, in, and uh, obviously they're the same conference or were the same conference as uh, yeah, the SoCal schools. So yeah, it makes sense. But um, someone must have saw them like go eight for eight combined in yeah. the game and been like those two guys <laughs> and. <laughs> You just kind of acquiesce sometimes because you gotta, you gotta. So, but I have hard, t- I have a hard time complaining about how the draft shook out. It's a lot of, a lot more guys. I'm saying, oh, he could pop off and be good than normal. Where, yeah, lot, you know, kind of how I feel about the whole thing. We like, did say this about some of the arms they took last year, and I don't know that we were wrong. But no, also, we're not. but that's how it works sometimes. You right, know? right, like. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes none of them do. And sometimes four of them will. And the draft looks amazing. And sometimes mm-hmm. one of them will. And But the more you do stuff like this, the more chances you get at it. And that's all I'm asking for. I mean, uh, Parada, Williams, Tidwell, Morbido. And we could even 
include Sprout. Yeah, that's a good top third or so. You can make the argument that all you can make the argument that all five make the top ten. I think four definitely do. Yeah, we were saying this the other either last night or oh yeah, it had to have been last night that basically they're all going to slot in one through three through eleven. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was another draft in the books. Did it beat your expectations, or were your expectations in your mind? I think for me, that's what the issue is, is that none of these players are bad. None of them are, like, insanely good. They're all fine for where they were selected and everything like that. I think that I just had in my mind just hyped so much that, like, yeah, the Mets are going to be picking, you know, basically the lowest that they're going to be picking in a while, and they have this extra compensation pick, and we're going to get all these picks, you know, within the top uh, 100 selections and they're going to freaking dominate and they didn't dominate because you know nothing crazy how, how do you or absurd the draft? right exactly like nothing you know uh, insane happened you know uh, I mean getting, I mean, getting is pretty exactly right like getting yeah, Parada I'm, I'm alone thrilled with Parada. right good, good play I mean like it's not like uh, I don't know Prada was top five in the draft coming into the yeah like that draft. alone is about that and at least for me getting Williams I was, expected Williams this whole time like yeah. like it was just the the Mets do not lie <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, they they tell you who they like like Jarrett said a few days ago yeah. Yeah. and they've been telling us they've liked him for a very long time now like that's basically was penciled in like maybe even penned in everyone knew but mm-hmm. Prada falling to them is like. I never expected that. I expected him to be gone by six or seven, the latest, and mm-hmm. he was there was, at seven. I was honestly, I won't say afraid. I was like, I had some trepidation that they're going to wind up with like Elijah Green, who I do not, who objectively would have been good value there, but who I do not like, and I would have had to like complain about it, but also admit he's good and be annoyed the whole time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah, it's I, I, I'm pleased. I, I'm pleased because I feel this year and a little bit last year, they're going more and more of the direction of modern front offices and how they draft. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sure Epler's going to hire even more people and the Mets are going to continue to hire and beef up their analytics department. And we'll go from there. And don't fuck it up from here, guys. Yeah, please, please just sign sign the guys and call it a yeah. day. Let's not even entertain that possibility. I, I feel it, it, it can't. It can't happen. I mean, they have to. I mean, it can't because there's no. You lose <laughs> pick. No, like, yeah. no, yeah. no, no. They get it for another year, apparently. Yeah, but it's all weird. I think at that yes. point. Yes. Not that. Not they. They should sign Kevin Parada. I, I think it's not at the same spot or like it's a compensation. It's something different uh, than just getting the straight you pick at 11 because you took rocker at 10 or whatever it was. I am. I am. So I was always lower on rocker. I think, I think Parada is a better prospect than Walker. 
and I'm happy because I'm a Met fan that it worked out this way, but I am just a little bit annoyed that the people who fucked it up so badly last year could now say, look, we got a better prospect anyway. We didn't make a mistake, yeah, guys. Yeah, what it are actually you talking about? It actually worked out because you could have had this pick and also had a prep guy late, <sighs> you know? Anyway. Listen, results and process, two separate things. Yes. Well, um, yeah, so in the next couple of days, you know, we'll be cranking out all those draft profiles with these players, and they'll slowly be signing and being assigned to teams. Most of these guys will be, you know, in Florida, in either the complex or in St. Lucie. Maybe a sprinkling will be sent to Brooklyn. Probably not, because, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think anybody got assigned to Brooklyn last year coming out of the draft. I feel like we're not really going to see the pitchers either, because yeah. they just pitched an entire season. Uh, asking them to go pitch again is kind of... Yeah, no, I think those days, the days of, you know, basically getting to see the present year's draft crop in Brooklyn, you know, in a short season league, those days are basically over. I mean, obviously the short season leagues don't exist anymore, but seeing them in, you know, the second half of one of the lower teams in the minors, it's basically over at this point because me, me going to see David Peterson dominate some dudes in Brooklyn for (laughs) inning. Yeah. Literally literally, they should say like, it's going to be like, they're going to send the USC hitters to Brooklyn. They might send Parada. I could Uh, like, I I would hope, I hope they do. I feel like sending him to St. Lucie or the complex is a total waste of time for him. He's just going to be better than everyone there. Yeah. Maybe you do it to like, like I think Jarrett said this to get your, get his feet wet a little bit and then move him up after. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of beneath him at this point. Like he was a strong. Uh, they pretty much always do that though. Stuff yeah. Him in the complex for. Yeah, I mean, give him, give him a couple it's of like weeks. Like used to a program, a, you know? Right. Like their, their used... professional baseball orientation. Yeah, this yep. is what professional baseball is like. Go hit 440 against some 19-year-old. <laughs> you see this? This is a bat. Pick it up. <laughs> Swing right. it when he throws the ball. Uh-huh. There is Ken, utility. Ken just solved hitting coaching, hitting instruction. Nice. Wow. Yeah, piece of wood. You just hit the ball with the tapered stick. Huh. That's it. Got and it. don't miss it. Don't oh don't that, that swing, don't miss. I remember Keith telling an anecdote about him being in Cardinals camp or something, and Stan Musial coming in as a guest instructor and trying to teach them how to hit, getting frustrated with his inability to explain it, and then just like <laughs> hit it, picking up a bat and crushing a batting practice pitch and saying, "Just do that. How hard can it be?" And he's probably like fifty. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, thanks, Stan. That narrows it down. Thanks, a guy who had like five thousand hits or whatever the fuck it was. Uh-huh. What was it like? Just hit something? the ball. Just hit it. Hit the yeah. ball. Mm. One of the best pure hitters of all time. Thank you. Thanks he for the like, advice. He had like twenty five hundred hits as as on on the home team and like twenty five hundred hits. It's one of my way. favorite stats ever. Yeah. I don't know how he did that. From being good. <sighs> All right, so if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an uh, email at our email address from complex2queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. 
and Thomas is at said Met season S Z N. You know you're gonna have to change that soon. I know Happy's Met season, but no, <laughs> they will they will find a way. Uh, I believe in them somewhere. Subscribe to the podcast where I got your podcast from. Rate and review it, and of course we thank you for listening. And we'll be back um, next next week finally. <laughs> So until then, love the Mets, love the Mets.